So after receiving a couple of month, weeks ago, we got this prophetic word on a Friday uh, where, we're, where the Lord said we're going to get into a season of breakthrough. And my God, breakthroughs have been pouring into our lives. And, uh, but for, for some people, it's not been happening. And, uh, you know, as a pastor, I'm, I'm constantly aware of what's happening and what's not happening. And, you know, I, um, some people are experiencing tremendous breakthrough and other people are experiencing tremendous breaking. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, what is happening, God, you know? So today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a word for those who are experiencing breakthrough and the ones who are experiencing breaking to steward your heart. Okay, so it's a word called, the title of my message is Stewarding Your Heart for a Breakthrough. All right? Stewarding your heart for a breakthrough. Okay? You, you'll, you'll get it before you know it. Don't worry. It's one of those words where you may need to stay awake. And not take it for granted. Okay? So... When people experience breaking in their life, sometimes it's a good thing. Because what we really are, are being, what, what's happening is we're actually experiencing breakthrough, but God is allowing us to have a breakthrough from everything that hinders us from walking in the new season of breakthrough. We need a breakthrough to experience a breakthrough. We need a breakthrough from our old nature. Let me just say it plainly now. Or the old man that used to hinder us, that used to pull us back, all those habits and the mindsets and all that kind of stuff. Oh, you know, I am always like this. You know, all those kind of things that, that you know, I'll never do it. My father told me I'll never do anything good in my life. And then I will never do anything good in my life. And my children will never do anything good in my life. You know, all these kind of stupid mindsets. We need a breaking because sometimes it's so, we're so thick in our head when it comes to these things that these, it's gone so deep in us that we, we don't see anything different. We don't see that there's hope for a better life. God is calling us into a better life. We don't want to change. We want the situation to change. So we, what, what we're saying is we want God, you work according to our terms and conditions. And when you are like that with God, you know, it will take you time and a lot of breaking. He will break everything in your life that hinders you from him. I think I'm really speaking well to this, con this side of the... Yeah, really, really well. Yeah, really well. You guys are getting the word. Yeah, I can feel it. <laughs> yeah. I know, th this side, this side. This side. <laughs> huh? So God needs to bring a breakthrough in your life so that you can understand that you are the righteousness of, Christ, of God in Christ Jesus. The old man is gone and behold, the new man has come. Some of you have, are, are walking as new men but thinking as old men. The guy that is in the grave is still pulling on your leg. And so we have situations where God is saying, season of breakthrough. And everyone's like, yes. 
But when the time comes, when you have to let go of every good thing that worked for you in the previous season and everything, all the pride, all the anxiety, huh? all, the, all the offense, when you have to let go of all of those things in order to, to, let me put one more word in there, okay? Your reputation. When you hold on to your old reputation, my God, the new season will run away from you. Because in the new season, your old reputation will not work. In the new season, when God is calling you to experience a new season, you can't bring your old mother's fables and the old stories of, you know, brother, this person did this to me, and you know, that person said this to me, and then this happened and that happened. You've got to come and really understand that you are a new creation. The old is gone, and behold, the new has come. The old can be good and bad. You can drive a really brand new awesome BMW 7 Series. Five years later it becomes an old car. You can't sit in your five-year-old BMW thinking, Boss, check out my new ride. It's called living in deception. I think y'all are getting quiet now. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, um, the old nature really hinders us from positioning ourselves in a season of breakthrough before God. You can eat, that's fine, no problem. <laughs> the husband and wife are sharing food. He looked at me and he's like, <laughs> this is not a classroom. You can eat your bag of chips, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> the wife is pregnant, the husband's eating the food. <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> That's so cute. At least he's sharing a food with you, man. <laughs> Sometimes in a in a it, we, when we experience a new season, um, and breakthroughs don't seem to be happening in our lives. Everybody else, like, you throw a stone and it's like miracle. It's like, it's like what about me? Like, God, have you forgotten me? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, in, in a new season, even though we don't sometimes experience breakthrough, we, <clears throat> we find ourselves in a... <laughs> in, in a relationship with God that is so fake. We come into a church that's full of faith, but then we have fake standing here. And we worship God like as if everything is okay. <laughs> With season of breakthrough, wow, Friday's awesome. Walk out of these doors, depression Saturday. You know what I'm talking about, right? See, but... And if it continues for too long, either, either you become jealous of the people around you or you start like not believing in God because everybody else seems to have the breakthrough except me. Must be God has a problem with me. Right? Either you come into that kind of a, a, a relationship status with God or you would be like the traditional Christians would say, the devil. 
He's attacking my life, brother. That's why the devil is stopping God from blessing me. Have you ever heard of that in church? People pray, stop the devil, stop the devil. Most times it's not the devil. Most times it's not the devil. It's your old man. It's your old man that is hindering you from experiencing the new man. See, the devil is very smart. He knows that if the Bible says in our weakness his strength is made known, God is not bad where he'll allow the devil to touch you in your weakness. Come on. If he allows the devil to touch you in the areas that you're weak in, every place the devil touches, he experiences the strength of God. Oh, come on. It's a good word. Very good word. So don't, don't worry about being strong. Oh God, you know, these are my weak areas. Actually, the devil is very smart. He will not touch you where you're strong. He will not touch you where you're weak. Because if he touches you where you're weak, he will only experience the strength of God. So he stays away from your strength and your weakness. It's a good word, isn't it? It's a good word. Huh? So he stays away from your strength. So how does the devil really have an influence in our lives? It's when that man from the grave starts pulling on your leg and you start listening to him, you open a door. See, it's the old nature that gives the, the enemy the authority to touch your life. It's the old mindset, the traditions, the old ways of doing things. It's when, when, oh, why do I need to do it? Why do I need to change like this? Why do I need to change the way I do this? And why do I need, I'm always like this. When you're always like that, you are too easy to be trapped. Come on, come on, come on. And so the enemy knows that you are righteous in Christ Jesus. He, you live by, by grace. You live by faith. You don't, he cannot touch your life unless you open the door for him. That's right. When you give into your old nature, the enemy now, because you're, you, please understand what I'm saying. Your old nature was under the law. And when it is under the law, he can use the law to enter into your life and touch your life. When you live in the old mindset, according to the old man, the old ways of doing things, please listen to me very carefully. You are opening a door for the enemy to touch your life. It's not your strength, not your weakness in the new man. God doesn't allow, open a door for the enemy to come and touch it. Test him, test him. See, see, see. That's only one guy in the Bible called Job. And his job was to be righteous before God. His job was to be righteous before God. Nobody else in the Bible did God do this with. In fact, the Bible says that in, in the book of Job, that the day Job became righteous before God, God cast the devil from having an audience with him, which means there's no more an accuser of the brethren. Oh, come on. Which means the devil cannot go before God and stand and say, Ken did this. There is no law that can be held against you. Come on. I don't know. So I want to I wanna preach today on, on stewarding your heart for breakthrough. 
okay? Because it's very important. When I talk about heart, I'm talking about your conscience. I'm not talking, I'm talking about your soul. I'm talking about why you need to have a renewed mind in order for you to steward a season of blessing. Because most times, people are not ready for the breakthrough. A battle is won or lost in the heart first. Any battle is first won or lost in the heart. If your mind loses the battle, you will operate according to the mind. If your mind wins the battle, you will walk in victory. So the enemy will target your mind before he targets your body. Oh, come on. He'll target your mind before he targets your finances. He'll target your mind before he touches your family. Because as, as your mind gets renewed, he hates the fact that Christians love a preceding word. Oh. He, love, he hates the fact that we grow from glory to glory, strength to strength, faith to faith. He hates it. He wants to hinder you from receiving the word of God. And sometimes when we come to church, we actually do him a favor. Because of our attention. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something, okay? You think that the devil is not watching you right now? He's watching you. Every single person in this room, he's watching. Who's listening to the word? Who's just allowing the word to fall on them like that and fall down? As soon as it falls, he comes and takes it. Come on. He wants the word more than you do. Okay. If he steals a word, okay. If he steals a seed from you, do you think that seed exists to put in the ground again? Oh, come on. So which means a word that is spoken in a moment has an opportunity for you to receive it. If you don't take it, it's gone. Come on. Good word. Good word. Which means the season has to come back again in order for you to receive the same word. Which means you're a season late. It's like failing your class. <laughs> so let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. Hallelujah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> stewarding your heart for breakthrough in order for you to experience breakthrough your heart needs to be in breakthrough first are you there Matthew chapter 8 and we'll read from verse 5 this is the story of the centurion are you there? Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. This is one of the rare times that Jesus actually said, I will come and heal him. Okay? The centurion answered and said to him, Lord... I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. 
but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to this one, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. It's amazing that when you, want to, when you want to experience breakthrough in your life, firstly, you need to know who you are. And I'm touching on Muzu's message from last week on identity. The centurion knew who he was. Now, the centurion is a Roman soldier or an officer who is an officer over a hundred people. That's why he's called a centurion. Like century, hundred runs, century, centurion, right? Do you get it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, this section. Yeah. Getting it, right? Right. So, so he is a centurion, and for this centurion to be a centurion, somebody should, would have told him, from today, Baba, you are centurion. Okay? And he was standing there going, I am centurion. From today, I am centurion. Say centurion. Good, huh? I'm seeing awesome breakthroughs just happening right now in this section. Yeah. Yeah. Century. Centurion, right now. I just see just authority just rising right now in this section. Right now. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. So, so in order for you to experience a breakthrough of healing, the centurion had to go to God, go to Jesus, knowing who he was. He's like, I am a man of authority and I know who I am. Do you understand? In order for you to experience breakthrough in your life, you need to go to God knowing who you are. You can't go to God as a son behaving as a servant. When God has called you a son in the kingdom, you can't behave like a servant. I am the servant of the most high God. Well, you will always be treated like a servant. You will get a servant's breakthrough. Come on now. You'll be fed the servant's food. But the riches of the glory of God is given to the ones who are in... Uh, who are? Do we have any sons in this house? Excellent. So in order for you to, 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 to experience breakthrough, your heart needs to identify with the fact that you're a son of God. See, when the centurion, before he became a centurion, he was a foot soldier. He was a foot soldier in the Roman Empire. 
And he had to fight his way. He had to demonstrate great courage. He had to serve the Roman kingdom in order for them to recognize that this guy is set apart. He is phenomenal the way he is in how he serves the Roman Empire. So let's bring him now and make him a leader over 100 people. Now I'm saying this over this section now. Right? So I'm prophesying over you as I'm preaching. Yeah? So I, I, I'm, as I'm saying it, I'm declaring, I'm promoting you to a, a, a role over 100 people. Right? Yeah. Receive it. Yeah. Yeah. You won't just have 100 people in your company. You will have 100 people under you. Huh? Yeah. And so now, as, as the guy was a foot soldier, they brought him into a, a room now and they said, you've been faithful to the kingdom. You've fought really well. Now, from today on, you're a centurion. Yeah. Right? When he heard that, it completely changed the way he looked at himself and it completely changed the way he began to speak. He did not communicate as a foot soldier anymore. So the day he, he, he was ordained as a centurion, he now changed the way he spoke. But even the guys who were with him, who were at his level, when the, the day they, they nominated him as centurion, the way they looked at him changed. The way they started communicating to him changed. The way they addressed him changed. Why do situations not change in your life? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll come to this section again. Why do demons not flee in your presence? Hmm? Why do breakthrough not happen in your life? It's because you don't know who you are. That's the first thing. Second thing is you don't take your own title seriously. By the way you speak. You look at your situation. Oh, no hope. It's the end of the road for me. Oh, my boss came and told me I'm going to get fired. Pastor, please pray for me. I'm going to get fired. So should I pray for you? <laughs> to get fired? No. <laughs> To get fired or hired. Like, I don't know. What should I do? So you, you, you have people now that the circumstance and the situation is in your life presents a consequence. And you begin to talk according to the consequence of that circumstance. Not as a son. You, you understand? There's a, there's a consequence to everything that you have no control over. Like your boss, you don't have control over him. I mean, your company, you, I mean, yes, you do have certain control over it. But if it doesn't have your value system, you don't have control over your company. You understand? Like the city, the economy, you don't have control over it. You're literally at the mercy of it. But there are consequences to, to, that we all face in, in, in our workplaces, in, in the economy. There are consequences. But the issue with us is if I don't know who I am in Christ, then I will begin to communicate according to what the consequences define my identity to be. Because the consequences are telling me that I'm going to get fired. Now, as a son of God, as a son of God, 
All of hell listens to my ordination as a son. Wait, 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 wait. Before you clap, wait, wait, just wait. Let me finish the whole point, right? All of hell is listening to it. All the people in the church know who you are. But if you don't take your own ordination seriously, if you doubt the word that you're receiving every single Friday and you're walking out of these doors with doubt in your mind, with pride affecting, oh, no, 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 this is just John, man. John, I know him for a long time, long time. (laughs) If you have this kind of an attitude, the devil is watching you. And he knows, target but the one who Jesus says, the one in, uh, in Matthew chapter 13, he says the one who hears the word and understands it is the one who re- produces a harvest 30, 60 and 100 fold. So you have, you, you have a person who's facing a consequence. Oh, my boss is going to fire me. It's a consequence. Whether you did your job, we don't know. Okay, but there's a consequence. You walk around as a son of God saying, hey, please pray for me, I'm going to lose my job. Please pray for me, I'm going to lose my job. My boss told me without a shadow of a... This month, end of this month, I'm going for sure. Who, who do you think is going to take you seriously? Exactly. You're empowering the devil because that's the word of an old man. The old nature is coming, creeping up and saying... Because your heart now has received the consequences, received the word saying you are going to lose everything. You are going to lose everything this month and finished. It's over. I want to pose a challenge to you. Lose everything. What's going to happen? No, I, I want to ask you a question. I seriously, what are you holding on to? Oh, they're going to send me to jail. Go. Then what? They're going to throw me out of the country. So? Then what? See, understanding that you're a son of God and that God's heart for you is good. Everything works out for the good of those who love the Lord. Everything works out for the good. Why are we so afraid of the little things that are happening around us? Let it die. Let it fall. Lose your reputation. Lose your pride. Lose everything. It's better that it's gone than you carrying that rubbish into a new season. It's better that it's gone. It's better that it's gone. Oh, pastor, you know, I've come into your church now. You know, I was a, you know, I was a servant leader. In the previous church. What? Servant leader. leader. It's not even a biblical title. But I understand you're humbling yourself before me with your title. It's unacceptable in this house. Just become a son. Sons are welcome in this house. Sons. Welcome in this house. See, the centurion comes to Jesus and he says... I too am a man of authority. So the first thing you need to understand is identity. In order for me to experience breakthrough, I need to steward my heart knowing who I am. First thing. The second thing is the guy comes to Jesus and he says, I too am a man of authority. 
I have people under me. I tell this one go, he goes, that one come, he comes, and the servant to do something, and he, he does it. Which means the servant was not doing what he was doing because he was sick. Do you get it? That's why he needed prayer for him. So he comes to Jesus and he says, I recognize you're a man of authority. You're, you're a man under authority. See, people are scared of submission. Submission is not weakness. Submission is actually strength. Please listen, especially in church. Sometimes we've submitted ourselves to the wrong people because we had selfish desires. Oh, I want what's on his life. That's why I'll submit to him. That's firstly wrong. It's unbiblical. You can't take something that's on my life. By your submission, you can't. No, honestly. But what I have to give, I can give freely. Why? It's because I receive freely. But you give freely to the ones who have paid a price in submission. Do you understand? You don't, it's not giving me money that shows me your submission. It's the heart. Do I have your heart? And do you have my heart? And so the guy comes to Jesus. He's a man of authority. And for a Roman in public to recognize Jesus as a man under authority is a big deal. So he comes and he submits himself to, you, to Jesus. And he says, I know you're a man under authority. Which means when you're submitted to a person who has authority, submission is the, is the channel through which power flows. Do you understand? Submission is the channel through which authority, that is a higher authority, begins to flow. See, he's a centurion over a hundred people. Jesus is a master over thousands of people. Oh, no, you didn't get it. No, you didn't, you didn't get it. This centurion is watching Jesus. He's probably watching Jesus preaching to 5,000 people and feeding them. 10,000 people, multitudes are following Jesus and he has 100. And he realizes Jesus can cast out demons. I can't. Jesus can heal the sick. I can't. But what I can do is I can submit. I, can, I recognize that you are a man under authority. He didn't say you're a man of authority. He says you are a man under authority. Which means he was operating in his father's authority. If you want to walk in breakthrough in your life, submit to a father. Uh, that, that's where you need to... Because uh. when you start walking in the authority, that if you want to walk in the authority of your father, you've got to submit. Submission is the channel or a, a, let's say it's a pipe between your father and you that causes the authority that's on the father's life to begin to flow freely through your life. If you lack submission, if you lack submission, you are holding on to, to blocks that will block authority. You will op prefer operating in your own authority. You think that you can do things on your own. This is for people who haven't experienced breakthrough. If you want to experience breakthrough at a higher level, you've got to go lower. You've got to go lower. If you want to grow greater in the kingdom of God, you've got to go lower. You've got to go. You've got to submit. You've got to come under a father. 
Is it there? Yeah, you got it. You've got to come under a father because the authority that is... See, Jesus was a man. The centurion did not know him as God. But he knew he had authority. And when he came under submission, he said, Jesus, I, I know I can recognize you're casting out demons. You're giving prophetic words. You're healing the sick. You have authority. And when he submitted under Jesus, Jesus' response to them is like, my God, I've not seen faith like this even in Israel. Very interesting, right? Very interesting. This guy is a heathen. He's a heathen. But he has faith. Not just faith. He has great faith. And Jesus is comparing this man to Israel. Israel, if you would compare yourself to Israel today, you've been in the church, right? How many of you would say you've been in the church 10 years and more? 10 years and more in a church. Being Christian, 10 years and more. Put, please put your hand up, please. Okay. 20 years? 20 years? How many were born into this? Right. Who's that over there? Ask oh, my sister. Okay. And, Awesome. Okay. Right. <laughs> I was like, who's my, who's Muzu sitting next to over there? <laughs> in, that, in that corner. <laughs> if you would say, as a church, you know, we hear the word of God. We see miracle signs and wonders happening almost every week. We see jobs happening, promotions. I mean, cancer's getting healed in two days, dead being raised. We're seeing all of it happening. But yet, God says to a heathen who walks into a room, an unbeliever who walks into the room for the first time, great faith. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? What did he do that the people of Israel weren't doing? The people of Israel had got too familiar with God. They, had, they became so familiar. They were like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I was at the back over there. And, and I saw while, while we were talking about, about a miracle that, that was so phenomenal in a person's life, I, I'm standing, I, I stood at the back and I saw a person on their phones like. Everyone's clapping. Is like, See, listen, if that's your attitude, then it's better to stay out than to stay in. Because you become a target. When you stay in, the, the whole of heaven is watching your response. The whole of hell is also watching your response. It's dangerous coming into a church like this. Because you're setting yourself up for promotion. The devil doesn't want you to get promoted. And God wants you to get promoted. So there's only one person in the way. Huh? Right? So just imagine now, we as church, we come in here every single Friday and we're hearing the word of God. We're seeing his miracles. We're experiencing his presence. But yet, there's an issue with faith. We have confidence. Oh, brother, I'm confident that God is for me. God is on my side. We sing the songs. God is fighting for us. Who can be against us? You know, all that kind of stuff. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to him. And we leave it with him. 
Jesus, you come and do the victory because you will, I want to give you glory. How can you give him glory when he hasn't given you glory himself? To the religious folk, this might be a little, like, you know, because if you've heard people from the old saying, to God be the glory, don't touch the glory. No, 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 touch it. <laughs> touch it. Touch it. Touch it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Love it. Then give it to him. Because you can't. How can he, how can he bless you with something you don't love? Oh, come on. I, I stand up sometimes in, in my home. I was like, God, glorify me so I can give you glory. It's the prayer of Jesus. Oh. And so we have people in, our, in churches who, are, who operate in so much of unbelief, pretending to have faith. And God is looking at them and saying, ah, the guy walking through the door who does not, has not received Jesus as Lord and Savior operates in greater faith because he recognizes the guy in the front carries the breakthrough. And he comes and submits. He's not saying, I'm not interested in religion. I just need my breakthrough. See, there's a difference between a heathen and us, isn't it? There's a difference between a person who doesn't believe in Jesus and us, right? Do you, do you know that? You know, you know. What's the difference? The difference is God lives in you. God doesn't live in them. God lives in you. <laughs> God lives in you. Huh? He doesn't live in the other guy. But the other guy chooses to submit to God in you. And, and, and Jesus is looking at you going, what the heck is wrong with you, man? Where's your faith? <laughs> you have, have confidence. God will, No, no, no. Your confidence is in your own ability. Your confidence is in your own understanding. Oh, God does it. Do it again. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And we, we convince ourselves to believe that God will do it again. And God is looking at us going, there's a difference between confidence and faith. There's a difference between God, I'm confident that you will move. And there's a difference between confidence and being persuaded. I'm persuaded. It's amazing. Jesus looks at the guy and says, I have not seen such great faith. You know that word faith? You know what it means? Everybody quotes Hebrews 11. You know, this is not that time band. Don't worry. Right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, I know what faith is. No, no, no. You don't know what faith is. Faith is not an ability. The word faith in Greek is the word pistis. P-I-S-T-I-S. And what it means is, is to be completely persuaded by something that God is saying. Are you listening to me? You become very quiet when I went all Greek on you. 
It's the word pistis. It means that that I am completely persuaded, which means I was going in one direction, I heard a word, and now I'm fully convinced about this new word, and I'm moving in this direction. That is what faith means. But even with that, it's still incomplete. Because faith in itself is a gift from God. Faith is not just an ability, it is a gift that God himself gives you to be completely persuaded about a word that he's giving you. Oh, come on, man. Uh, come on now. Some people say, brother, I have faith. No, no, you have confidence. No, 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 no. I have confidence that God will move in my life. Yeah, yeah, you say confidence. Don't say faith. Because faith will change the way you speak. Because you cannot be persuaded for a consequence of the world. You have to be persuaded that a good God has a good consequence for you. You've got to come into a place. When you say, I have faith, it's not your ability at all. It's not something that you produce. It is something that God gives you. It is His ability. It's His faith. It's a gift. The gift of faith. And, uh, and the reason why we don't experience breakthroughs is because we've been operating in confidence and not in faith. Oh, come on. We've been operating in confidence. I have confidence that God will move for me. No, 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 no. Take your confidence. It's awesome. It gives you endurance. That's what, that's what Hebrews chapter 10 says. Your confidence gives you endurance to, to keep going. But faith... The Bible says the just shall live by faith. It doesn't say the just shall live by confidence. It says just shall live by faith. Who are the just? Every single person who receives Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior has been justified. Which means you are, you are just as if you've never sinned before. You're standing before God completely clean, righteous and holy. And he says those people, are, you have only one way of living. It's by faith. You have only one way. There's only one lifestyle that you can live. There's no other lifestyle that you can choose. There's no confidence. There's no nothing else. There's only faith. The just shall live by faith. And so Jesus, when he's talking about this heathen now, this, this centurion that's coming to him, he says, I've not seen such great faith. Which means a heathen can also receive a gift. Let me, let me explain to you how it happens. He, what he says, what Jesus says, he's, it's amazing that I've not seen this in the whole of Israel, right? And then he says, it, it's people from the east and the west. What's he trying to say? The people who are unbelievers, people who are not in the kingdom of God, will come and sit with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Who were Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? All three heathens. Come on. All three were heathens. Some people looking at me going, what? Is this? Yeah, they were, there was no Jesus at that time. They were not Christians. In fact, most of the disciples were not Christians. It was only after Jesus died and the spirit came. 
Now, you are Christ-like. Okay? Before that, you know, there was no altar call and salvation, you know. Please, don't, let's not, let's not go too far behind. Let's move on into greater glory. They, you, have, you have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who are now sitting in the kingdom of heaven. That's what Jesus is saying. And, and, they're, and they're sitting at a banqueting table. That's what this, the context of this verse is. And, and he, Jesus is saying, this guy who has walked into this place right now and has submitted to authority to receive a miracle will sit with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Aww. But then he says, but to the ones who know their God. The ones who receive Jesus as a Lord and Savior. The sons in the kingdom. He says they, 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 are, they will be sent into a place of outer darkness where they will, be, where they will have weeping and gnashing of teeth. I have, a, I, have a, I have a different lens for that. And I want to explain that to you. Because we are on the context. Slow down. Okay. Because we are on the context of... of the matters of the heart. We know that Jesus says, if your eye is dark, then your whole body is full of? Right. So what Jesus is trying to say here, he's not saying that you're going to go to hell. Okay? There's a place in you called outer darkness. And Jesus will pull an unbeliever into the kingdom because of his faith. But to the ones who have the spirit of God living in them, who have the gift of faith already living in them, he will release you to be consumed by the darkness that's on the inside of you. Oh. It's deep, isn't it? See, all of us, that's why I'm trying to tell you, you have to get rid of the old man. You have to allow your mind to be renewed by the word of God every single day. You have to progress in your revelation. There, because every time you receive the word of God, you're receiving light. It cleans your eyes. It cleans your body. It cleans your soul. If your soul is full of light, now you are submitted to light. There's a consequence to light. Now if your, your soul is full of darkness, now Jesus is saying... Because, because you're holding on to darkness, I'm going to release you to the consequence of darkness in you. Come on, Come on now. Look at it. Do you, want, do you want to read it? I think you should read it. Verse 10. Let's read from verse 10 together, all of us. Okay? Verse 10. One, two, three. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such not even in 11. And I say, and sit down in the 12. Hmm. Gnashing of teeth. Have you ever been through a circumstance in your life that it is so dark that it's made you bite your teeth? Like, oh. It's not when you get an injection. <laughs> but it's like the circumstance is so harsh. It's making you weep without any hope. He, he, what he's trying to say is the, the, if darkness is the Lord over your life, he, you, he will release you to the consequences of the darkness. 
You must come into a place where you understand your responsibility for breakthrough is not just, wow, I need a breakthrough. Your responsibility is how you steward your heart. How you steward your heart determines your position for breakthrough. Do you understand? If your heart is full of light, now you're saying to God, God, I have matured to a place where now I can handle greater responsibility. See, because breakthrough means greater responsibility. You want a promotion? It comes with bigger responsibilities. I'm so happy that this section is getting it. Are you? <laughs> Jesus makes a statement. He says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. There's so much oppression, Jesus, on us Christians. Unless he knew what he was trying to say. He was trying to say, hey. I need to go away, but I'm going to send you the helper. What's he going to help you with? He's going to help you with all the gifts that you need. One of it is faith. In order for you to experience breakthrough, you need faith for your heart to be transformed. When your heart is transformed, you will now steward the breakthrough that God is releasing in your life. See, because the breakthrough is not just for you. The breakthrough is for people around you as well. As you experience breakthrough, it begins to have an impact on your family. It begins to have an impact on your outer, outer, what are they called? Circles. Yeah. Friends, people of influence, spheres of influence. Everything that you have a sphere of influence in, you will have that breakthrough having an impact on their lives. So it's, got not, it's not just about, oh, you know, I want to have a breakthrough so I can send a testimony. God's looking to see how you'll steward this breakthrough for as long as possible. Many times, you know, Christians don't walk in breakthrough because of immaturity. And sometimes what happens is that simple things like pride can get in the way. Accomplishment can get in the way. Offense can get in the way. Unforgiveness can get in the way. And God will allow you to experience a little bit of breakthrough so that you can see the state of your heart. Oh. Every time you experience breakthrough, even a little bit of it, you have to look at your heart. Because it's very easy for you to track back the steps and say, well, I prayed for three times a day. I fasted for two days a week. And then I worshiped five times a day. And then I got my breakthrough. So maybe I need to keep doing that. Well, if, you, if that's what's in your heart, then your heart is more religious than you really think. Because it was not your method that got you the breakthrough. It was the grace and the goodness of God that got you the breakthrough in the first place. And Jesus is, is really trying to say, hey guys, there's a, there's, there's a, there, there, the kingdom of God is very easy. The kingdom of God is such that any person 
whether you're Christian or not, can experience the kingdom. That's right. That's right. That's right. God so loved the world, yeah. not just the church. God's heart for every human being on this planet is for them to experience his blessed will for their life. So I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 11. And now I'm going to give you the whopper. Hebrews 11. Are you there? Verse 1 says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Now, this word faith over here is the same word that Jesus is using for the centurion. It's the word pistis. Say pistis. And what this word pistis really means is when it is in a a Christian, a born-again believer or a person, it makes that person have extraordinary confidence. Are you listening? This, this is where your life is going to change. Okay? This is not the end of the sermon. I just bought something there so that you can wake up a little bit more. Okay? <laughs> so, the, so the word faith is an extraordinary confidence in God's promises, His power, and His presence so that you can take a heroic stand in the circumstance. The word faith is an extraordinary confidence in God's word, in God's promises, God's power, God's ability, so that you can take a heroic stand. Not just watch them in the movies, but you can actually be a hero in your own life. take you can make heroic decisions out of faith because you have so much of confidence extraordinary confidence not just ordinary extraordinary confidence in God's ability the gift of faith is exhibited by a person who is strong and unshakable in their confidence in God you know I've met people who are confident but when the circumstance comes they're not very confident but I've met people who are unshakable. Unshakable. No matter what is happening in my life, I'm unshakable. I, I, I know a person like that who's, who's in this room, who's sitting in this room. It's my wife. No matter, no matter what is happening in our life, <laughs> No matter what happens in our life, she's unshakable. She's unshakable not just not just to attend church, 
but she's unshakable in the way she serves people. In the way she pours out her heart on people during the week. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. To me, she's my hero. to doctors and it's hilarious because it's like we have an inside joke with the doctors you know uh, since 2011 you know doctors have been giving us bad reports since 2011 it's like oh no hope you know you'll never have children and uh, you, you will always you know you'll be probably get crippled you'll always wear a bag you know uh, all that kind of stuff if the surgeon makes one mistake during surgery you know that's the end of your life and we just let him have his way, you know. Let's just okay. You say what you need to say. I respect you because that's your profession, and you're just telling me what I, what you're seeing in the reports. Uh, and oh, when he when he leaves the room, it's like we look at each other and laugh because because we know the report of the Lord. So we went. So we went. We went uh, to the hospital again because Kelsey was in a lot of discomfort. Uh, you see, you, I'll tell you something. You know, I prayed. I prophesied over people. Are you listening? Listen. I prophesied over the women in the church that you will have no pain during your period, right? And we get attacked with the same word. Not attacked. We get tested with the same word. In fact, it was so much that when we went and saw the scan, the doctor was like, "This is a complex situation." <laughs> I wanted to tell him, Doctor, our lives are complex. We're very complicated. <laughs> but yet, you know, we're unshakable. That faith, the, when you have a gift of faith on the inside of you, even if, if, if like, for example, when, 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 when Philip passed away, it was like our church demonstrated. You, you should have been in the service, that celebration service. It was different. It was like, yes, we know he's alive. There's an extraordinary faith that is not shakable where we start mourning for people, but we're celebrating life. It's unshakable faith. I mean, that's how you can, you can pick up the phone and you can talk to a woman who has, who's five months pregnant and the baby is dead in her stomach and you can say, the Lord says, keep the baby. It's, a, it's an unshakable faith. It's an extraordinary confidence that God will keep His word. See, the, the issue we have is that it's about integrity. The issue is integrity, not yours. The issue is the integrity of the, of, of the, of the person who's giving us the word. See, faith enables us to, to put our trust and hope in the one who, is, who has the highest integrity to fulfill His word. If the consequence, if my boss comes to me and says, 100% you're going to lose your job this week. And you say, trust his word. 100% you're going to lose your job that week. Do you understand what I'm saying? But if your boss comes to you and says, you are going to lose your job this week. And you walk out of the room, you bless him. Don't curse him, please. Walk out, bless him. Walk out of the room and say, God, you're the one that gave me this job. God, you own this company. In fact, you started this company so that I can work in it. So you are the one who decides 
You're the one who decides whether I work here or not. Do you want me to work here? <laughs> that's, the, that's the way you approach, that's the way a son approaches a father and says, do you want me to steward your blessing in this company? Do you want me to be here? Do you want me to leave? What would you like me to do? Because your will is what I submit to. Amen. See, faith, faith is saying, I have extraordinary confidence. I am unshakable no matter what happens in the market, no matter what happens in my workplace. I have extraordinary confidence that God is good to me. Yes. That in everything, God is good to me. Everything will work out for my good. Even if I have to go through a momentary suffering. But that suffering is actually good because the old man is the one that's suffering. Have you ever noticed that you can't persecute a dead man? You can't gossip against a dead man. You can't speak bad about a dead man. For those of you who are looking at me like as if I'm strange, let me explain what I'm saying. You're looking at a man who's dead. I'm dead to my old self. And I am alive in Christ. You can't offend me. Your persecution is actually fuel for fire for revival in our life. When churches, when we moved out and people started persecuting us, I was like, yeah, come on. Persecute me. Literally, I would stand up in my house and I would tell Cassie, I was like, I love persecution. I love it when people say bad things about me. I love it when they gossip about me. I love it. Why? It's because it gives me the faith, unshakable faith. I grow in my faith to push harder, to prophesy more, to heal the sick more, cast out demons more, cleanse the lepers more, build the church. It's unshakable faith. But yet, Wake up in the morning, you look at a pimple on your nose and be like, oh, bad day. Your hair is not obeying you, bad hair day. <laughs> I wasn't talking about casting out demons. Let's talk about what you see in the mirror first <laughs> before, before you go and take out demons. But the point to what I'm saying is there should be, there should be something in you that is unshakable, unmovable. And he says, now faith is the substance. Now you have substance on. There's something that you did not create on your own. There's something that was given to you that is of substance on the inside of you. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Who are these elders he's talking about? He's talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's not talking about Christians. He's talking about the elders in the Bible who did not know Jesus, but yet obeyed his voice. Who did not know God as their personal Lord and Savior. Who did not have Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. But even without that, they obeyed him. That's why heathens will be in the kingdom closer to the throne than even Christians will be there. You'll be surprised to see who is in heaven. Probably you'll go there before me, but we, we, I'm going to take time to come. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. You will be surprised. <laughs> We're going to live a long life. I don't know about you, but... Uh, 
So we're, we're going to get back into a bit of worship because I'm going to explain something to you now that will absolutely rock your world. Are you ready for it? Okay. Verse 3. By faith, this unmovable, unshakable confidence that is God on the inside of me, we understand. Don't worry about the guys doing their stuff, okay? You can look at me. You look at me? Yeah, good. Do I look good? So then smile then. <laughs> right? Are you, are you listening? By faith, we understand. Okay? Which means you cannot understand without faith. That's right. That's right. Wow. By faith, I understand. Jesus says, the one who hears and which means in order for me to understand what God is trying to say, I need the gift of faith. I need the gift of faith to understand what he's talking about. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Look at me right now. Do you... All of creation that we see right now is beautiful, isn't it? What if I told you that it was only the frame? <laughs> it's just a frame. You know what a frame is? Do you know what a frame is? A photo frame without a photo in it is a photo frame. When God spoke... He created the frame. By faith we understand that when God spoke, He created the frame. Why did He only create the frame? My God, the frame. We've been living looking at the frame for so many years. And we're so happy with the frame. And Christians have been building houses upon the rock for so many years. Are you listening? Stop looking at them. Are you listening? Christians have been building houses upon a rock for so many years using the word of God and it's been a frame. Oh. <laughs> huh? It's only been a frame and the storm comes and the storm comes into the house and we're wondering, but we're building the house upon the rock. Come on. Oh, come on church. Are you listening? Do you understand what I'm saying? Kind of. <laughs> no, I see one person saying the truth. By faith we understand that when God created the world, when He spoke into existence, He created a frame. Everything that we see now in nature is just a frame for you to fill. Come on now. God spoke. But when he made man, he said, I make man in my image and likeness so he can be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Which means when God speaks, he creates a frame. When you understand and you act on it, you fill the frame. Come on now. Do you understand what I'm saying? Every sermon, Danny, every sermon, is a frame. Every song we sing is a frame. 
Every prophetic word that you've ever received is just a frame. God's not going to come and do the hard work for you. Oh, brother, I received a prophetic word that I will be a millionaire. Yeah, you can sit and you won't be a millionaire. Because God just gave you the frame. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were made not of the things which are visible. Which means God would have spoken to Adam and said, Adam, this is the garden called Eden. Garden in Eden. The rest of the earth is your job. God started something and he expects you to finish it. For a long time, Christians have been waiting for God to move, but God is waiting for the Christian to move. And the reason why the Christian is not moving is because one, you don't have faith. Secondly, is you don't understand what your role is. Hmm? You don't understand your identity and what your role is in the kingdom of God. You're thinking only breakthrough. God is thinking, man, I've got such a great life for you ahead. If you get so excited about the frame, how excited does God get when you fill the frame? Every time... We listen to a testimony. God is releasing a frame for you to fill. But God will not move on your behalf if you don't move on your behalf first. See, the gift of faith is a unmovable, unshakable, convincing, or it's a confidence in God's ability that the minute you step out, the grace of God begins to cause you to do things that only superhumans can do. Let me give you an example. When you, when you, when you go through the Bible and you see Abraham's life, I mean, he's a, he's a heathen. He's never heard voices before. You understand? He's sitting down and he's looking after his family and God comes to him and says, Abraham, I want you to take your family and I want you to go. I've got a land that's prepared for you. Huh? What are you talking about? Who is this, firstly? But the reason why he's called the father of faith is because he did not consider himself first. He considered the voice first. His confidence was in the God who said, I will give you the land. I promise you. I will give you. Your descendants will be like the stars in the sky and the sand on the earth. Go. Where am I going? Just go. Follow my voice. I will lead you. I will be with you. I will guide you. I will be your protector. I will make you rich. These are the promises that God gave him. Oh, every promise is a frame. Oh, he's making me rich. Okay, great. One frame. He's going to make me prosperous. Okay, one frame. Okay, great. Do you you understand what's happening? Every time God talks to you is a frame. 
that he's that frame oh wow frame every single friday i come to church i receive a frame every time i talk to a pastor or i talk to the life coach i talk to someone who gives me a prophetic word in church it's a frame hey i really believe that you need to do this man i feel like god is on it it's a frame god is giving you direction and you're not taking it because you're waiting for god to move God was in the prophetic word when you chose not to believe the frame how would your life be blessed I mean we have Dubai frame everybody goes and takes pictures of it what's in the middle <laughs> that's what christian christianity is today it's just frames there's a lot of things that you need to do for your life first. There's a lot of things that you need to do for your family first. There's a lot of things that you need to do for the church and the kingdom of God. There's so many breakthroughs that are waiting to happen in your life, but they're just frames that you need to fill. Ask God for one frame this Friday. And say, God, I'm going to step into that frame. I'm going to step into that promise. I'm going to walk out and I'm going to step into that breakthrough that you have for me. Stop looking at stop obeying and submitting to the con- the voices of the consequences of your situation. You got to allow the voice of God. You've got to allow the spirit on the inside to release the gift of faith. There's something about faith in this season. It's something that you got to you got to stand up and you got to believe in this in this in this gift that God has given every single every single person who believes Jesus who has received Jesus as their Lord and Savior who carries the spirit of God on the inside of them has the gift of faith. I don't need to lay hands on you so that you can receive the gift of faith. I am not God. Only God gives you that gift. You have it on the inside of you. It's not that I'm t- I don't like people coming to me for prayer. I love people I love people in general. I love everyone. But when I see you operating as a servant, I don't want to encourage it. I would love for people to come to me and say, "Can you pray with me rather than for me?" Because when you pray with me, now that it's called synergy. It's different. But when you say pray for me you're saying I don't have faith to believe for my miracle. I don't have faith anymore. I don't have I don't believe this God that's on the inside of me. That's what you're saying. When you run after people say pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, what you're saying to God is that God, your integrity to fulfill your word, I don't believe it. I I I perfectly understand if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you come to me and you do that that's absolutely fine. But if you're a Christian, you have the same spirit living on the inside of you. We have no excuse. Hi, I Kelsey and I stopped running behind people for impartation, <laughs> for glory, for anointing, power, all of that. We, we just we just don't have we don't even think we don't even talk about it. We have ways of getting growing in God that you'll be shocked. If I want to if I want to move in the anointing of a person, I just honor that person. When I honor even if it's on TV, if I honor that person and I speak life, 
to a person and I bless them and I submit to their teaching, I just walk in the authority. It's just so easy. I don't need that person to come and lay hands on me. Yeah. Because you need to understand, I don't need what that guy has. You don't need what John has. Please. You have God. Uh, I think I think this side, this side is more exciting than yeah. I just want to tell you, you have God living on the inside of you. He is the one who gives you that gift of faith. Today, you're, you're, you're really like pumped up and you're excited because of the way I'm preaching. But actually, there's a spirit on the inside of you that is making you feel so confident right now. Such confidence that you can never be shaken again. No matter what happens, no matter what the storm is in your life, you're standing there and you're like, no, I will not be shaken. I will not be moved. I will not lose my job. I will not lose my career. I will not lose my family. I will not lose my marriage. I stand strong. You look, at, you look at Peter on the boat. You look at Peter in the Bible. All he wanted Jesus to say, he said, come. Peter doubted, who is this ghost walking on the water? It looks like my Lord. He was not confident. He wasn't, he wasn't assured that this, he wasn't persuaded that this was Jesus. And he says, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. What's he trying to say? God, create a frame. He's saying, God, create the platform for me to create. God, create the frame so that I can now step into something that I've never done before, that no man has ever done before. If you can do it, God, I want to do it, God. And so he comes now. Jesus comes close to him and he says, come. And Peter gets out of the boat. He steps out of the boat. And listen to this. This will rock your world. All of creation will change their composition when a child of God operates in the gift of faith. No, you don't get it. Do you? I want you to understand what I'm saying. All of creation if water, if you step on water and you're meant to sink in water, the composition of water would change for you because you now have suddenly got a gift of faith on the inside of you. Oh, come on. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You've got to understand what I'm saying. All of creation will change. It will change itself when it understands a mature son is now talking. A mature son is now wanting to step out of the boat and do something that's never been done before. All of creation. Water will change its composition so that you can walk on water. Can you look at your circumstance in the same way? Can you look at your failing business the same way? Can you look at your job loss the same way? Can you look at your failed marriage the same way? God is looking at you saying, I've created a frame for you. I've given you my word. I've created a frame for you. Can you step out of the boat so that all of creation can now change itself for you? You're waiting for God to put money in your bank account. Why don't you just step out of the boat and act in faith?
Man, I'm telling you. You need faith to start a church. And you need faith to consistently do church. I respect pastors and leaders. I do respect all of them. I, I, I have a great value and honor for them. But when you have a church that has a high value for the preceding word, it's a whole other ball game because you are constantly in a position of growth. You are never stagnant. You are always growing, always growing, always growing, always growing. Because why? Because I have a great value for the frame. Brother, give me a frame today. I would love people say, John, I'm, I'm struggling to hear God's voice. Can you give me a word from God? I want to hear what God has to say about my situation. More than say, God, brother, please pray for me. Yeah, yeah, pray. Listen, let me, let me just stop this, okay? Let me stop this from, from now on in our church. Stop asking people for prayer. No, please, I'm, I'm, the reason why I'm telling you this is, is, is it's not because prayer doesn't work. The mindset behind the request is if I ask Angelo, if I ask Kelsey, if I ask many people to pray, all the prayers will go to God and God then, then God will answer. Which means more prayers going to God means more answer will come. Which means faster the answer will come. It's called blackmail. You can't push God to do something. You need to understand God's hand will move when his heart moves for you. And God's heart moved for you 2,000 years ago when he sent his son. He loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for you, to take your place. But also the son loved you so much that he left his spirit with you. You are never alone. Never alone. In any circumstance, in any situation, in any storm, you are never alone. God is always with you. The gift of faith is always there waiting for you to help you. Can you hear a word? Hey, all you need to do is hear a word from God. Because the gift of faith operates the word of God. You can't have, can't have a gift of faith operating with your own abilities. You need a word. You need a frame. The worlds were framed by the word of God. So today I want us to get back into worship one more time. And we're going we're gonna to sing a frame. Can we do Waymaker instead? Do Waymaker first. We're going to sing a frame. when we sing this frame I want you now to step out of the boat when you're singing the song when you're, when you're singing this song just remember you're creating the spirit of God on the inside of you the Spirit of God on the inside of you is listening to you sing this song. And the gift of faith will pick up the words in you. And it will give you a confidence that you've never had before. A confidence that God is a way maker. Where there seems to be no way, God will make a way. And no matter what your situation is, I just want to tell you this. 
that as you sing this song today that every situation will bow down to the frame so that you can fill it i want to tell you your breakthrough is in your mouth your breakthrough is in your mouth and if you can allow god to the spirit of god to 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 if you can submit to the spirit of god in you in this song if you can submit to him and you allow that old man to just go away i guarantee you this week is the week of breakthrough in your life i can guarantee you it we will have more testimonies of breakthrough of jobs of 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 marriages being restored of businesses being being restored in this place than ever before ever before ever before so i want us to sing it like we mean it okay let's go for it <laughs>